Hello, food world. It's your favorite foodie from Crutchfield Cooks, Robert Crutchfield, with a brand new episode of Crutchfield Cooks, the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite ingredients, eggs. Eggs, in many ways, are fascinating, partly because they're one of the oldest foods known to man. Men have been eating eggs animal eggs, for thousands of years. Now, obviously, the most common egg we eat are chicken eggs, but people have always, people over the centuries have also eaten ostrich eggs, turkey eggs, reptile eggs, eggs of a, a variety of different animals. One of the most interesting things about eggs is if you look at an egg, it looks smooth, and it looks whole, and it looks... But an egg on its surface actually has about 17,000 holes or pores, which means that air permeates the shell quite easily, along with other things. That's why at Easter time, we have to be careful when we dye eggs to use food-safe dye rather than other kinds of dye like you might dye clothes with or was it because anything you put on the shell of an egg has to be edible because some portion of whatever you put on an egg is going to leach into the actual food part of the egg. Another interesting thing that these pores do for us is they help us determine whether or not an egg is good which is something you may have always wondered. An old technique that's still taught as a best practice in the egg industry when you want to test an egg is to take a cup or glass of water and drop the egg into the water. If the egg sinks to the bottom, then it's good. If the egg starts to float, then it's bad. The reason this happens is because of these 17,000 holes. With these 17,000 holes, air slowly permeates into the inside of the egg. This creates air pockets. As the egg goes bad, there are more and more egg pockets on the inside of the egg, which causes the egg to be blunt, which is why a bad egg in a glass of water will float. I also like eggs because of a lot of different nutritional aspects. Not only are they good in, say, protein and iron, but they're also good in nutrients like lutein, which is good for your eyesight. They're also good. They're also very big in a nutrient known as choline which has been shown to be good for brain development, particularly in infants and small children. Eggs also tend to be relatively low calorie, so you're getting a lot of bang for your buck, so to speak. Now, you can't hardly talk about nutrition in eggs without talking about the two downsides, the two cautions. The first one is cholesterol. Eggs are very high in cholesterol. Although there have been studies both in 2015 and 2020 
which removed dietary cholesterol as a nutrient of concern. So that aspect of it is not the worry that we thought it was 10, 15 years ago. The other thing you have to be careful of with, with egg nutrition, especially if you're on a cardiac type diet like I am personally, is salt. It's second nature to almost everybody to salt eggs at the table when you eat them. I get that. We've been socialized to believe that eggs don't taste right unless they taste salty. Unfortunately, we're going to have to get over that. And that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to eat your eggs plain. There are certain things you can put with your eggs. There are some salt substitutes out there that you can experiment with. And you can bring down or you can bring up the flavor of your eggs rather without necessarily keeping the flavor down. Another aspect of what I like about eggs is their versatility. Eggs literally be, can be cooked virtually every different cooking method there are. There is. They can be baked. They can be fried. They can be boiled. They can be poached. They can be scrambled. Not only does each of these methods provide you with an egg dish, which is perfectly capable of standing alone by itself, but there's two other advantages to this aspect of their versatility. One, because eggs can be so easily prepared with all these different methods, they're an excellent way of learning one of these methods that you may not know or that you may need practice with. Two, once you've prepared your eggs by one of these methods, while you certainly can eat them as a standalone dish, you don't have to. Eggs can be combined with other things and be even more outstanding as just a bit player in a dish as they are as a standalone dish by themselves. Now, for instance, one of my signature dishes is what's called beef chaise steak and eggs, which has two things at its base, the same shaved beef steak that you would find in a cheesesteak sandwich and scrambled eggs, along with a few other ingredients. You do this, and then you have a dish which is not only comfortable at breakfast time, but is equally satisfying at lunch and dinner as well. We also have to look at the aspect of eggs. Eggs are amazing in baking. One of the most amazing things about eggs in baking has to do with their value as a binder or an emulsifier. In fact, one of the big suggestions with pecan pies, for instance, if you have a pecan pie that's coming out loose, one of the primary recommendations that gets made is to add an additional egg to your recipe. The reason for that is because of the binding characteristics that the eggs can have. Eggs, we got time for a few more things. Interestingly enough, hens, as they age, 
tend to lay larger eggs. Younger hens tend to lay smaller eggs. There's also the aspect of color. Color in an egg shell is driven by breed, which doesn't particularly affect the nutritional value of an egg. Now, what does affect the nutritional value of an egg is how the hens are fed. If the hens are fed just typical hen feed, then they're not as nutritious as hens that are fed a more robust diet. One of the disappointing aspects of how hens are raised is that you'll see boxes that say cage-free eggs. Well, unfortunately, despite what we might think, cage-free egg does not mean that the hen is not raised in a cage, and it does not mean that the hen has the, the run of a barnyard or anything like that. Under USDA regulations, cage-free hens have to have a certain minimum amount of space, but that space can still be in a enclosure. So cage-free eggs are one of the things out there that they don't really mean what we think they mean. Back to nutrition. Egg yolks in particular are one of the free of one of the few foods that naturally contain vitamin D. So if you're looking in a situation where you're low on vitamin D, you might want to consider upping the number of eggs in your diet. I mentioned eggs and baking. Interestingly enough, duck eggs are higher in fat than chicken eggs. So for baking purposes, sometimes duck eggs will be better for baking because of that higher fat content. Let's talk a little bit about storage. The best way to store eggs is in the cartons that came from the storefront. Even the little egg holes that you may find in your refrigerator are not as good at storing eggs as the cardboard cartons that came from the store in. Eggs need to be kept in the refrigerator. Eggs that will stay a week in the refrigerator will only stay a day on the counter. So by putting them in the refrigerator, you dramatically increase the amount of time that it, the eggs will stay available for your use. It takes a chicken between 24 and 26 hours to produce an egg. It's not unusual for a hen to lay 300 to 325 eggs a year. And, and a, a, a hen producing an egg turns the egg approximately 50 times in order to keep the yolk from sticking to the side during the process. Another interesting fact is the the word yolk. We get the old we get the word yolk from old English. The word the old the, the yolk in old English actually means yellow, which is the color we're used to 
egg yolks being for the most part. Now, some fresher eggs will have a will be a darker yellow. And again, back to the way the hen was fed, a better fed hen can in fact result in yolks that are even say orange in color. People in this country eat a lot of eggs. You wonder how many? By some figures, about 7.9 billion a year. That's a lot of eggs. Now, that's about it for eggs. This is the first of several episodes I'm going to do on some of my favorite ingredients. I hope you enjoyed this one. I hope you enjoy the ones we're doing. One of the things that I'm getting really excited about is I, I want this podcast to become a lot more interview-driven. And I'm working on getting some exciting people to come and share their their food journey, their food, food knowledge with us. And I hope as we get into that part of rolling out this podcast, that that's something that you'll enjoy and get very excited about. It's certainly something that you can look forward to. Right now, the thing I'm looking forward to most is seeing you back here next time to explore the variety and diversity that is the food world for Crutchfield Cooks, the podcast. This is Robert Crutchfield. I'll see you next time.